All right, we bring on Keith Smith, contributor, of course, uh, for Spot Track. Um, you know, we talked. We were going to have you on earlier this week. Thank you for making it back with us because it was. Uh, it's been a yeah, quite a, an interesting week on the NFL side of things, but it's nice to obviously see everything settling down. And I'm really interested, uh, you know, with the Boston Celtics. And you know, they they put up, they give up 150 points to the Thunder, who right now have a 21-9 lead on the Wizards. Then they come back and they beat the hell out of the Mavericks, which shows me, okay, this is a team that's not dead and didn't let that. I, I guess you could say that horrible showing and everybody wanting everybody fired and traded in Boston uh, to get to their heads. When you now see what they've done from game to game, from that 150 to the Mavericks, what, what what's your impression just of this team mentally after that? I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I think you've got a team that's a little bit bored with the regular season and is just we made it to the finals last year. The regular season is just something we got to get through. And then I think it's a team that is very reliant on their jump shooting. When it's not there, they allow it to impact their defense. And then it all kind of goes sideways on them. And when it snowballs on them, it snowballs in a big, big way. So I think that was a complete no-show in Oklahoma City. They they said it themselves, so I don't have a problem repeating it. Unacceptable. They are not, not anything you can have. And they came out and showed against a pretty good team in Dallas that was on fire, locked in. They they became the first team in a long time to really shut Luka down. And that was the first time they've looked like last year's defensive group this season. So it's all still in there. It's just a question of whether they're going to bring it or not and if they're going to continue to play down to their opponents. Keith, I bet the Celtics to win the championship last year. We got pretty close, obviously. Heartbreaking. Mm. But um, they'd be my pick again. The only thing is Robert Williams. If Robert Williams is healthy, if he's 100%, I like them to come out of the East. If he's not, I don't. I probably like Milwaukee or, or Brooklyn. Just you know, what are your thoughts on like his return? He really hasn't looked like himself. You know, it's like he's not in the starting lineup yet. Um, do you think he's going to be fully healthy for a run here? Or do you have some concerns there? No, I don't have any concerns. I think he does look a lot like himself in the last, let's call it, week or so. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's really started to, I think there he's not playing with any kind of worry anymore. He kind of, his best uh, skills is often his kind of reckless abandon that he plays with out there. He'll, he'll go for blocks that he has no reason going for, and sometimes he gets them, and that might mean crashing into somebody. And he was a little tentative on those things. He was obviously very out of rhythm as well to open the season or open his return to the season, I should say. But now he's starting to look pretty good. And I don't, I I always have some level of concern with him because he's been an injury prone guy. But as far as this latest, you know, knee issues he's had, it seems like he's passed them and he's ready to go. And they're going to be very careful with him through the rest of the regular season. Do you think he, I mean, obviously he's a huge piece. I thought he should have been defensive player of the year, even over uh, Marcus last year. But do you think if he's not fully healthy or if he wasn't able to go for the playoffs, that they should still be the favorites or would you favor maybe a team like boss or um, maybe like Milwaukee, especially the way that Brooke Lopez is playing this year out of nowhere way Giannis is playing, obviously. Yeah, I think it's then it becomes far, far more even. And, and it's not like I have Boston as an overwhelming favorite anyway. I think those teams are all on a fairly equal ground, and I'd even throw Philly in that mix too in the East. But I think with the Celtics, Rob is he's just a difference maker. Their defense is completely different and transformative when he's on the floor. They can do a lot of different things. They can go to a lot of different coverages, show a lot of different looks, and do things. And even by the time they get to the finals, Rob was limping around so badly in some of those games. They couldn't play the coverages they wanted and those kind of things. So I think if he's there and healthy, they they should be the favorite. If he's not, the question is, it's probably 
you know, still a chance they can get through, but then it becomes a lot more reliant on the offense rather than, all right, we've got to be great offensively every night because we don't know that we're going to be able to lock in defensively the way we want to. Talking to Keith Smith, Spotrack, uh, Jason Tatum was a favorite for a while to win MVP. It's such a tight race this year. There's so much young talent in the NBA that's taken that next step, but then you still have guys like Giannis and Jokic and even Kevin Durant that are certainly in the mix, especially when you just look at the odds. What do you what do you make of the MVP market right now? Who do you think is has has the best resume if we were to stop the season at this point, or is it just too close to call? Because I feel like this has the chance to be one of the closest MVP votes that we've had in a long time. Yeah, I think health and then who prioritizes rest uh, down the stretch is going to have a major impact. Like I can very much see a world <clears throat> where Giannis and the Bucks say. You know what? We've been there, done that with winning MVPs. Yeah. We want another championship. We're not going to push all the way through. I Nikola Jokic is a little bit different because I, I don't think he he's a guy. I don't mean to say he's lazy by any means, but he's just not expending the the energy that other guys are. So him being out on the floor is you know basically the same. And then Durant, you worry about the health. I think I feel pretty confident that Tatum will be there the whole way. So I think what the tiebreakers will come down to is who plays the most and then how good is their team. And that that's you know often uh, in consideration. But I think this year where you have so many candidates, I was talking to someone the other day and we came up with a list of about eight guys. We were like, yeah, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. I, it's just, I know it's MVP and not all-star, but Jason Tatum was fourth in the Eastern Conference all-star voting, the first fan returns. And you couldn't even argue with it because the guys in front of him were Giannis, Embiid, and Durant. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, we're, we're, you know, that's not even a fight we can have. Keith, do you think the Suns do anything at the deadline? I mean, I know Devin Booker's out right now, but just how bad they look without Devin Booker, obviously a great player, but it's not the same team that they were a couple years ago. Seems like obviously there's still something going on with Monty Williams and DeAndre. And do you think maybe they move somebody or what could they even do, you know, to kind of get themselves back in the position that they were even in last year? Yeah, they're definitely going to move Jay Crowder. We we know yeah. that. That 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 situation is even if it came down to two fifty nine Eastern on deadline day, and you had to take a second round pick, you're going to move Crowder because you're not going to let him just waste away on your bench. So th that's going to happen. The question is, do you move him and say uh, Dario Saric, which that gets you to about twenty million in in expiring salary that you could go get a real player to come in. The challenge is, I don't think it was a coincidence that it leaked just this week that Robert Sarver has to still okay taking on money and those kind of things. And that, that becomes a challenge when you're in that situation of, you know, all right, where are we going with this? Because if you're not willing to add any salary, you know, that's a problem because you, you do have holes on that team. You need that depth. You need to shore up the forward position and those kind of things. But if you're not allowed to take on any money, then that becomes a real challenge. So that, that I hope is one where uh, Matt Ishbia and the new ownership says, Hey, let us in here. We'll, we'll cover the rest. You know, don't worry about it. We're, we're good. And maybe that that opens up the trade market because that team has to do something to, to shore up their depth. You know, coming into this season, I loved the Cavs. I loved them to go over their win total before they even traded for Donovan Mitchell. After what they are able to do last year, double their wins from two seasons ago to last year. I mean, young talent. Uh, it is, it, they're well coached. It's just, you watch them and go, that's how you build a franchise. Then they add Donovan Mitchell, who's putting up MVP numbers. We talk about the crowded MVP race. Donovan Mitchell's like 35 to 1, and there's he's so far down the odds board, and you're like, he's having an MVP season too. What is the ceiling for this Cavs team this year, given the fact we have the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Nets already in front of them? 
Yeah, I, I think they they could make a nice playoff run. I don't think they're a finals team yet. I tend to be a big believer in young teams, which the Cavs still are a very young team. Uh, you you got to kind of take your lumps yeah. the first time through. Yeah. The only guy who's made that real playoff run uh, to this point is Kevin Love because Donovan Mitchell, as much as the Jazz were in the playoffs most years, they, they weren't making deep runs a lot of those years. So I, I think this is the year of big step forward year. I think we, we kind of forget – they didn't make it through the play-in tournament last year. They, they were out before the playoffs started. So this is the get into the playoffs year. You kind of figure it out. Maybe you win a first-round series. Maybe you get to the conference finals. We'll see. But I think they're behind Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philadelphia. I, I think so it's probably a you know, win a first-round series. Maybe. Then we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, but I think for them, that's huge. And then with that experience, you retool a little bit of the roster, fill some of the holes you have, and now you're ready for a team that can make a big run next season. Keith, we still got about uh, two and a half minutes here. Do you think Memphis, like that they're in position to win a championship because they've been there? You know, they were there last year, obviously, and Ja got hurt. But uh, I know they're still a young team. You think they can make a run this year, or are they still a year away? I think they can make a run. They, they, they've they done that kind of take your lumps yeah. process. They, they, they've been through it now a couple of times. So I think for them, they, they've got a real chance. When you line up, one of the things you want to have in your back pocket is we have the best player on the floor. And when you've got John Morant, you can kind of say in a lot of those matchups, All right, we've got the best guy. Now, they don't want to run into the Warriors again. There just seems to be something there for them. So that that's that's a little bit of a challenge. And the the, the West is so compact. It's going to be tough. Denver's going to be tough. I think uh, New Orleans is going to be a tough foul. Phoenix, they're going to figure it out. They'll get back in this. But I think in this case, with, with the, uh, the Grizzlies, they've got a lot of depth. They've got a trade still in them, too. If they want to put some stuff together and go get another guy, they could probably do that at the trade deadline. And, and they don't need a lot. So there, there's definitely a team there that can make a big run. Keith got about a minute left. Do you think it's going to be an active trade deadline at all? I do. I think the combination of so many teams being in it, we, you, you can look around the league and get yourself to eight or 10 teams without even really having to convince yourself very hard of, yeah, they could make it to the finals. They, they could win this. So that's huge already. We've already got a handful of teams that they're out of it. They're, they're going to start moving pieces here and you're going to have a couple more over the next month that fall out of it too. And then the other piece is, it's a pretty weak free agent class. So what you're going to see, I think, is some teams get a jump on the offseason, make their trades now, and then they what they'll say is, hey, all right, we, we kind of did our thing on both fronts here where we helped ourselves a little bit the rest of this year, and now we've already got our offseason move in place. It's Keith Smith, always love having him on. Great stuff. Good talking to you, man. Thanks so much, Keith. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.